Welcome to the Spiritual Advantage Podcast, where we discuss how to make a maximum impact with our lives by fulfilling our divine dreams with divine favor, like the great men and women of faith throughout history. I'm Sam Stone, the Light Keeper. You are the light of the world, and I am the Keeper. No pun intended. Let's begin. Today, we have an important message from Jesus Christ that we all need to hear especially at times like this. I've been watching updates on the war in Ukraine several times a day this week. I'm sure all of us must have. We all are concerned about our neighbors, even though they are far away, and the ramifications of the war. At the same time, we must learn not to let the negative situation affect our minds because it would then affect our health and well-being. After all, we already have had two years of the pandemic, and we might want to ask, will this stressful situation ever end? There are two kinds of stress, acute stress and chronic stress. Acute stress is good for you. It's like exercising, playing sports, or accomplishing a challenging project. You get stressed out for the moment, but it goes away afterward, and you feel relief. That kind of stress boosts your strength and vitality. You might already know that stress makes your body release cortisol, a hormone that regulates your metabolism to handle stress. However, too much cortisol is not good for the body. So prolonged and chronic stress is destructive. According to medical science, chronic stress or too much cortisol can cause chronic diseases like high blood pressure, heart diseases, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, and other chronic diseases. It can also cause weight gain. Stress can shift metabolism to store fat. And it can create lack of energy. It can impact the sleep quality and the length of sleep. It can cause difficulty concentrating. Chronic stress can hamper the immune system, making it more difficult to fight infections. And lastly, inflammation. It causes body to develop aches and pains, Believe it or not, I used to have all of them, but now I have recovered from almost all of them. According to recent statistics, about 90% of the doctor's visits have to do with sicknesses stemming from chronic stress. It seems that if Satan cannot make you sin, he will make you stressed. How do you live in this fallen world and not let it affect your physical, mental, and spiritual well-being? How do you live wisely through trying times? How do we not let our light grow dim by the force of darkness? Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Then how do we keep shining in dark times? The negative news will evoke negative thinking, and negative thinking dims our light and weaken our well-being. If there's a fast way to switch your mind from negative thinking to positive thinking, would you learn it? We all need it now because we live in an anxious world. 
The good news is Jesus has given us a piece of profound wisdom for times like these in today's scripture lesson. So let's begin. Hi, in case we haven't met yet, I am Sam Stone, the light keeper. You are the light of the world and I'm the keeper. No pun intended. It's my calling to help you shine your brightest so that God is glorified in you and you are satisfied in God. Today is the third Sunday in Lent. The scripture lesson is from Luke chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. Listen to the word of the Lord. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I found none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. Luke 13, 1 to 9. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The first part of this passage is like watching the news nowadays. Someone was reporting two pieces of bad news. A group of Galileans was murdered by Pilate at the altar where they were offering a sacrifice. It was like getting killed during worship, a bloody and tragic scene. Another tragedy was about 18 people killed when the Tower of Ceylon fell on them. When people hear news like this, they suffer from conscious or unconscious stress and anxiety. One of the ways to relieve that anxiety is to justify the cause. They must be worse sinners than others or have accumulated a lot of bad karma to suffer such tragedy. That's human way of releasing stress. When you hear a tragedy, your mind would think, wow, this could happen to me. So you get stressed out and try to find a reason to tell yourself it will never happen to you because you are better than them. You have done many good deeds, attend church, believed in Jesus, or so on. Jesus warned them against such vain justification. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffer in this way, they were worse sinner than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, 
you will all perish as they did. Luke 3, 2-3. Jesus said, never think they were worse than you are or you are better than them. In other words, don't justify someone's tragedy to make you feel good because that's a fake comfort. It's like sweeping the stress under the carpet. Biologically speaking, your body still releases cortisol and it will still eat your well-being from the inside, causing all kinds of health problems. Jesus said, you don't sweep those stress under the carpet. The truth is, it could happen to any of us. We all are sinners and live in this fallen world. No one is better than another and no one can escape it. The real solution is to repent. The word repent came from the Greek word metanoia, meaning to change your way of life. Repent is not just about saying, I'm sorry. If you don't change, it's not repenting. It's just regretting. So don't confuse repent from regret. Regret means feeling sorry and nothing more. You can feel sorry and not change. But repent means feeling sorry and change immediately. Paul put it concisely. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12, 2. He said, be transformed. That is repentance. How do you transform? By renewing of your minds. Instead of conforming to the anxiety of this world, we need to renew our minds and change. How do we do that? Then Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it, and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well, good. But if not, you can cut it down. Luke 13, 6 to 9. In this parable, the owner of the vineyard is God. The gardener is Jesus. The fig tree is us. God asked Jesus to cut the fig tree down because it has been three years and bears no fruit. But Jesus advocates for the tree, asking God to give it one more year. He would nurture it by losing the soil and fertilizing it. From this parable, Jesus taught us three important lessons that we must learn to overcome stress and anxiety in these trying times. Number one, focus on the fruit. This parable indicates that life is not about dying young or dying old, dying tragically or dying peacefully. Just because there's war somewhere, that doesn't mean it will not happen here. 9-11 happened right here, and the pandemic came here too. This parable indicates that life is about being fruitful. Without being fruitful, we are as good as dead. 
As Protestants, so we emphasize faith, but faith without fruit is futile. The owner of the tree doesn't just come to see how faithful this tree is growing. He wants to see how fruitful it is, because fruit is proof of faith. Jesus said, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. John 15, 8. He says that we must bear fruit to become his disciples. It means without fruit, we are not his disciples. We all want to glorify God because that is what we are made for. Then we must bear fruit. What is the fruit? It's the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, 22-23. By contrast means by contrast to the barrenness of the flesh or ego, which causes stress and anxiety, which makes our body release cortisol, the stress hormone. By contrast, when you focus on the fruit of the spirit, your body releases a happiness hormone called oxytocin, which gives you well-being and heals your wounds. Secondly, count your days. Moses prayed to God, saying, So teach us to count our days, that we may gain a wise heart. Psalm 90, 12. If we know how to count our days, we will make our days count. Jesus wants us to know that we are living on borrowed time. The gardener said, Sir, let it loan for one more year, until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. Verses 8 to 9. When I asked George, our elder, who just celebrated his 90th birthday, how are you enjoying your 90? He says, I'm enjoying every day. Every day is a blessing. Every day is indeed a blessing. You live with gratitude when you know that you are living on borrowed time. Just a couple of verses above in the same psalm, Moses said, The days of our life are 70 years, or perhaps 80, if we are strong. Verse 10. How many of you have long passed your three scores in 10, or even 80? I'm sure you can feel the borrowed time more than others. According to the latest biological science, my generation could live up to 180 if we fast and feast properly. Dr. David Sinclair, Harvard professor on biology, says 120 is the new 80. Now I'm approaching 60, but I don't feel like that at all. In fact, my biometric data shows that my biological age is 53. That means I'm physically much younger than my actual age. I give credit to the discipline of fasting. I remember when my grandparents were 60, it was a big deal. They expect everyone to pamper them. But as for me, they say I will still be kicking when I'm 120. However, in today's scripture lesson, Jesus indicates that that's all vanity because I could be taken away any time maybe tomorrow. 
When we see the tragedy in the news, we must wake up and count our days. Even if you are 30 or 40 or even younger, you are living on borrowed time. Moses said, when you count the days, you gain wisdom. You will make your days count. Thirdly, crucify the ego. Have you wondered why doesn't this fig tree bear fruit? As Calvinists, we believe God is sovereign, and if he chooses, he could make us bear fruit whether we want it or not. While many passages in the Bible support Calvinism, this parable seems to be more of Armenian, not the Armenian people, but the theological branch of Armenius. For example, Presbyterians are Calvinists and Methodists are Armenians. I grew up as a Methodist and became a Presbyterian, so I'm familiar with both sides. The difference is very subtle. The Calvinists believe God is absolutely sovereign. Even though God created us with free will, God has the sovereignty to bend it if he wishes with grace. The Armenians also believe God is sovereign, but God honors human free will. So God wouldn't bend people's will. He will only compel you with his love to change. I know it's a little bit deep, but it helps us dig deeper into this parable. Why doesn't this tree bear fruit despite the extended time and the extra care? The Presbyterians would pray and ask Jesus to make it bear fruit. Jesus would say, I've done my best. I've shown my grace by nurturing and fertilizing it, and I've given it an extended time. Now it all depends on its free will to bear or not to bear. When we look at the Bible as a whole to interpret what is blocking this tree from bearing fruit, the answer is ego or flesh. Jesus said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Matthew 16, 24 and 25. To take up your cross means to crucify your ego. Only by losing your ego will you find your life. Now, the question is, how do you crucify your ego? Again, after researching the entire Bible and all the supporting literature, I've discovered two ways to crush your ego, by default or by design, reactively or proactively. By default, our ego is crushed when we encounter a personal tragedy. It jolts us to awakening. But some people go the other way. They become resentful and even more arrogant. So tragedy doesn't guarantee a fruitful life. Here's a proactive way or by design. Jesus has shown us how to crucify our ego without waiting until it hit bottom by tragedy. His 40-day fasting in the desert reveals how to tame our ego by design. All three temptations he went through were to test his ego, and he passed it with flying colors. The psychiatrists who experimented on fasting also have noted that long-term fasting tames one's ego. They become less anxious and more in a state of equanimity 
and even in euphoria. Anyway, the health benefits of fasting are just the icing on the cake. What Jesus wants us to gain is much more precious, a meaningful and a fruitful life. For thousands of years, fasting has been a proven discipline that allows us to become one with Christ or abide in Christ. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. Here's what Jesus taught us how to live through the trying times or any times without stress and anxiety. One, focus on the fruit. Secondly, count your days to make your days count. Three, crucify the ego. That's it for today. I hope you find this message illuminating as much as I enjoy receiving it from the head office. Until we meet again, keep your light shining brighter and broader and harvest the fruit of profound happiness. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to maximize your life and leadership by unlocking your spiritual advantage, please feel free to direct message me on Twitter at Samuel Stone or visit SamuelStone.com. I'm looking forward to talking with you. See you on the next episode. Bye now.